What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be going through five tips on how you guys can dominate the early part of your fantasy football season. So you know, maybe you've already done your draft, maybe your draft is coming up this weekend, early next week, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you're going to be playing in a fantasy football league this year, you know, these five tips are going to help you out. These are things that I follow. These are things that I still have to remind myself, you know, heading into seasons, week one, week two, week three you know, wherever I am in the season, I think these are all going to help you guys dominate the early part of your year, which is going to set you up for mid-season playoffs, all of that, and I think can carry you to some monster teams to win your fantasy football championships. So let's just jump right into the first tip, and that is going to be to attack early season trades. Either next week or maybe after week one, I'm going to do another video, you know, basically focused in all on this, how to attack early season trades. I think early on in the season is the best opportunity to make trades, especially if you're in home leagues, more casual leagues. People really, really overreact early on to their player's production, right? If they draft a player in the third, fourth round, that player goes out, has a bad week one, that dude's already panicking. They're trying to shop a player. You know, you see this every single year. You have the guy, they take a player, they struggle week one. That person overreacts. They want to trade them off your team. So this is the time in the season where if you see an underperforming player or maybe an underperforming team overall, just throw out some offers. Now, you know, if they're not super susceptible to this, they see the offer. They're like, nah, man, you know, I'm going to wait it out. Don't be one of those guys who's writing them nine paragraphs on why this trade is so amazing for them. Don't be that guy. Just kind of move on. But if you send out a few offers, you know, just throw some feelers out there. If they're countering, remember, maybe they're interested in dealing that player. So it's just something you have to look out for. It's just kind of a spot where early on in the season, if you really are knowledgeable about fantasy football, you probably have a leg up on your league mates. You know that just because a player, you know, maybe underperformed week one, week two, they can still have a fantastic fantasy season, especially if their usage is there. Right, like if a wide receiver gets targeted 10 times, they catch, you know, four of those for 50 yards. It could just be an off game. The volume is there. Same thing at the running back position. One player I remember last year, I think it was Bucks Cowboys. They were the first game of the season on Thursday night. And the Bucks, you know, had a great offensive performance. Brady balled out. I think you had A B balling out. I think he had a deep touchdown. Gronk was balling. I think Godwin had a solid game. The one odd man out of that game was Mike Evans. People were concerned, you know, AB's going to overtake his spot. There's too many weapons here. Evans can't produce. He was someone I was trying to trade for in every single league I was in. It was just a spot where it's like the Bucks team is stacked. They're going to have a top offense. They have a ton of weapons. Mike Evans is going to have his games. He's going to have the games where he's not as involved. But people were already trying to panic, already trying to sell him off. So that's just kind of an example of what happened last year. And, you know, it's something that could definitely happen early on this year as well. The second tip is going to be send two-for-one offers. And this uh, tip kind of leads into the next one, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Early on in the season is the best time to be sending two-for-one offers. And what I mean by that, like, don't send two good players away for one good player. What I mean is you take a solid player, maybe someone who's borderline startable, a flex option, and then you throw in a piece from your bench. You combine those two players together, for maybe a locked-in starter. So maybe you've got like a high-end RB3, you're adding a solid bench wide receiver, you go out, try to find a mid-tier running back two. You know, you're giving up two players, but you're getting the better option, and then you're gonna be able to hit the waiver wire to bring in another player. 
This especially is valuable if you're in, uh, you know, leagues with less teams. So eight team, 10 team, 12 team. Once you're starting to get into like 14, 16, 18, 20, then depth becomes so much more important. But in a lot of these leagues, especially like eight, 10 team, there are going to be quality options on the waiver wire. So you really want to be sending out those two for ones, really bolstering your starting lineup. And at some point, right, you're going to have a stacked starting lineup. You're going to have acquired a few players off of waivers, and you're still going to have those options to plug in if those top guys, you know, get hurt or, you know, suspended on bye week, whatever it is, you're still going to have other options. And so that leads us into the third tip, which is going to be being aggressive on waivers early on in the season. Just like I talked about for trades, you know, waivers are never going to be stronger than they are week one, week two, week three, because we do all this research over the offseason. You know, we look at the preseason games. We look at last season. We look at what happened in the offseason, free agent signings, trades, all of this. But we really don't know a ton until we actually see the usage in week one. Just looking back at last year, remembering some players who really broke out and were waiver wire pickups. You know, we had a guy like Elijah Mitchell ended up being like a workhorse for the 49ers. He was on waivers after week one. Cordero Patterson is another guy. It's going to be tough to find those players who, you know, become starters and maybe not even for injury, right? Like I know Mitchell became the starter because of injury. So that could happen later on in the season. You're not going to find a guy like Cordero Patterson on waivers week eight, week nine, because no one had any idea Cordero Patterson was going to be a beast. But early on, he was getting this opportunity. And that's why we went to pick him up. You're not going to see a guy, you know, mid later on in the season, all of a sudden get this crazy workload. And then you're picking them up off waivers. Those guys are already going to be gone. So you really got to be looking at that waiver wire. You know, week one is super important. Week two, all of that. I'll touch on this point a little bit more in number five, but that's number three. Make sure you are aggressive on the waiver wire, making those claims, going after top players. Very, very important. Number four is don't overreact early on. This one can kind of connect back to the attack early season trades. You almost want to be preying on those people who are overreacting early on, right? Like I talked about, your player has a rough week one, week two. Calm down. It's not a massive deal. They can still be, you know, great options. Now, if your entire team is just brutal, the usage is looking bad, you know, then maybe it's okay to panic. But if you felt confident in your team, you know, you drafted using rankings you trust or, you know, using advice of a YouTuber, a fantasy analyst, whoever it is, if you liked your lineup going into week one, you should not be taking a full 180 and hating it, trying to ship players off week two, week three. Another thing I think you'll see is people kind of try to overmanage their fantasy roster. It's possible you start out rough. Maybe you start off 0-3, but it's possible to start off 0-3 where your team is doing well. You just get really unlucky with the matchups. This is not a spot where you're like, all right, you know, I need to make a change. Let's make some moves. Don't make moves just to make moves. Only make moves if you actually think they're going to benefit your team. So that's number four. Do not be overreacting, you know, to early season struggles. It happens. Luck is a big part of fantasy football. You could be just getting unlucky. So now moving into number five, this one is going to be understand your league settings. And you may be saying, you know, Quinn, Duh, obviously you have to understand your league settings, but I'm talking deeper than just, is it PPR scoring, standard scoring, half point PPR? Obviously you should know that heading into the draft. You should know your roster construction, all of that. In my opinion, the most important thing to kind of, I guess, check up on would be how your waiver wire operates. 
there are different kind of settings for different platforms, different leagues. You know, you have certain leagues where if a player plays, you can't drop them until, you know, that next deadline. There are other leagues where maybe you had a guy play on Sunday um, and you can actually drop that player for someone who's playing on Monday night. So maybe, you know, you know you're going to drop this guy anyway. You want to snag someone from Monday night because you think maybe they have a breakout. You know, you don't want them sitting on there for everyone else to get a shot. So that's a difference, you know, that you'll see on the waiver wire. Another one that actually happened in one of my home leagues, this was completely unintentional. You know, I don't think the uh, league manager, you know, meant for it to be like this. But the way the waiver wire was set up is that instead of having, you know, fab dollars for your waiver wire, or instead of having priority go to the worst team or the lowest scoring team, the way priority worked out would be the first player who actually, you know, submitted the claim. So, you know, say you see uh, Raheem Mostert go down week one, Elijah Mitchell takes over. If I went to that, you know, waiver wire, added Elijah Mitchell, I would be getting him when those waiver wires processed. That was not something that the league was expecting or intended on. I didn't even check that. I didn't really know until a few weeks into the season, I started to realize, you know, like, if I'm 3-0, and how did I get this player? You know, I bet a bunch of other people submitted. So that's something where I didn't even pick up on it. You just want to make sure, you know, you have a leg up on your league mates if that is possible. So understanding your settings. Also, maybe leagues have different exceptions for like the IR spot. Maybe you can only put players on there who are actually on the IR. Can you put suspended players on there? Can you put players on there who are just out? I'm pretty sure that actually was the argument that stemmed from uh, the baseball fantasy football league. What was it like Jack Peterson and uh, Fam? where I think Jacques Peterson like put a dude on his IR when he was out for one week, but wasn't on the IR and fam thought that was cheating, whatever it was, you know, if the platform lets you do it, you should go for it. So that's another thing to kind of keep your eye on. But those are the five tips that I think will help you guys dominate your early season, you know, part of your season for fantasy football, a lot of seasons in there. But just to run through the five again, we have attack early season trades, send two for one offers, especially in smaller leagues, be aggressive on the waiver wire. Don't overreact to your team's performance early on. And then make sure you understand all of your league settings. Just kind of give it a run through. So those are the five tips. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. If you have any fantasy questions, draft advice, uh, start sit week one, trade advice, whatever it is, drop those down below. I'll make sure to get back to every single person. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.